You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? For lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't get up! Help! Alright, welcome back to Money Never Sleeps. Uh, we've been away for a few weeks, so I hope everyone had a great holiday, a uh, great uh, uh, New Year's, of course. Uh, midnight hour, a deal was made, and we're going to get into this with uh, John Dennis of REO Capital. John, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Lou. I appreciate uh, being back on. Uh, we we always appreciate your your input here because you know uh, you've been you've been speaking about the fiscal cliff for a little bit, and now a deal was made. Uh, midnight hour deal. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, uh, obviously the can's been kicked down the road briefly. However, the new Congress uh, faces three major financial issues before late March. Number one, the debt ceiling by early March. Number two, massive across-the-board spending cuts known as sequestration by March 1st. And finally, three, reaching a budget resolution by March 27th. And... For your listeners who are not too familiar with sequestration, I'd like to kind of go over uh, a little bit of that just for their edification. Go right ahead. Okay. Under sequestration, the amount of money equal to the difference between the cap set uh, in the budget resolution and the amount actually appropriated is called sequestered by the Treasury and not handed over to the agencies to which it's originally appropriated by Congress. In theory, every agency has the same percentage of its appropriation withheld in order to take back excessive spending on a cross-the-board basis. However, Congress has chosen to exempt certain large programs from sequestration, such as Social Security and certain parts of the defense budget and a number of other programs Uh, which means that sequestration will have to take uh, gigantic shares of the budget remaining in other programs in order to achieve that total cutback required. The process, the prospects of sequestration has thus come to seem catastrophic that Congress so far has been unwilling to actually let it happen. Instead, Congress has repeatedly chosen to raise the budget resolution spending caps upward toward the end of the legislative sessions in order to match the actual totals being appropriated. So, in sense, what we've seen is, uh, in the past, uh, again, Congress kicking the can down the road as well. Okay, so that that's gonna, uh, <laughs> that, that sounds like more trouble for us uh, in the near future. Yeah, in a sense, this uh, sequestration came from a fiscal policy originally provided in the Grad and Rudman uh, Hollings Deficit Reduction Act of 1985 in an effort to reform congressional voting procedures uh, to make the size of federal uh, government's budget deficit a matter of uh, conscious choice rather than simply an arithmetic outcome uh, 
and so far we've uh, we've not seen um, that take place. So uh, here we are now, getting ready for really a, another uh, large fight uh, in Congress, uh, which is going to be over the debt ceiling. And, and of course, a lot of these. Um, I was yep. just going to say a lot, a lot. A lot of these points are, you know, uh, the, these bills that uh, these things that they're going over right now. You know, so some of these these items are like twenty, thirty years uh, old. They, they're not uh, current, and it, it's just it's just interesting. What, what's disturbing is President Obama has repeatedly said that he will, does not intend to negotiate with Congress over the question of whether or not the debt ceiling should be raised. Okay, and that, well. that, to me, is, is troubling because um, uh, uh, there's been talk that, that he actually thinks he's like the King of England, where he can just go ahead and does not need permission of Congress to raise the debt ceiling, that he can just do it without Congress's permission. Oh, man, that's why we have Congress and Senate, because, you know, certain things can't get done that easily. You know, hence the problem so, with trying to get a deal in the first place. Correct, correct. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, we're spending um, a terrific amount of money in just in interest payments on a monthly basis. Um, and if, and what's disturbing is that if, if we continue down this road, um, then, um, of course, we may very well end up just like Europe. No, let's hope not. We don't need issues like that. <laughs> you know, but we, we do have a lot of problems here. And, you know, I mean, with this deal that they uh, – this midnight hour deal that they came to, John. Um, I mean, a lot, a lot of devils in the details. You know, you have certain things um, that were, you know, the uh, tax. Um, you know, that 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 as far as the taxes are concerned, that became permanent. Okay, and uh, you know, still we're going to be facing. I think, uh, as you said, I think in, in March there's going to be another thing going on, and then another thing and another thing. You know. Um, it, it it amazes me that you know you can't you have all you have all these politicians you know you figure with all these politicians they'd be able to sit down and figure this whole thing out. You have a lot of smart people. You think they would be able to figure this out? Well, it's, it's interesting to me also. Uh, you know, and, and being in Detroit here, um, you know, typically most of the uh, papers and most of the media is uh, is slanted to the left, but yet I'd, I'd like to kind of share with you a couple of things that uh, that were in print uh, in the Detroit News. And, and back in December 9th, um, the editorial page stated, the GOP is moving, Obama should too. Republicans have signaled a willingness to compromise on the fiscal uh, cliff solution Obama has gone the other way. And then um, in December 30th, Sunday, um, the title was Take a Jump Off the Fiscal Cliff. And um, it says, the president keeps telling the lie that his agenda can be funded simply by taxing the upper middle class and the wealthy. And he says, uh, chug that uh, Obama Kool-Aid if you want. 
But if the final fiscal cliff negotiations raise the full $160 billion from upper-income earners that President is requesting, it will still leave roughly $800 billion of his annual spending plan unfunded. Well, that that that, uh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, the reality is taxing, you know, the the wealthiest Americans, thinking that you're going to uh, make that gap narrow doesn't make any sense because you know even if you would tax them tax them at fifty percent, still it wouldn't cover, you know, the deficit that we have, not even anywhere close. And to fund uh, the uh, quote unquote, uh, you know, uh, spending the projects that uh, are there. Um, and we've spoken about that time and time again with money going out for the these programs. And uh, right. it, to me, you know, I mean, there was something on on the uh, and it, it floored me because I'm just going to go into this. Uh, they were they were debating on uh, the um, the flood the flood deal with uh, Hurricane Sandy. Okay, and of course they came to. Uh, a preliminary uh, deal for nine point, I think nine point seven billion. They have another, you know, uh, fifty something billion to dis- decide uh, next week. But in that whole package, they allotted one hundred fifty million dollars for ground fishermen. Now, I don't even know what this is, but it's funny that you have money allotted to things that make that really. I mean, the, the average Joe won't even know what it is because I have no clue what it is. And that's just one example and, and, of money being spent ridiculously because what is it for? In an article um, uh, dated January 4th, uh, Get Ready for Another Debt Ceiling Fight, uh, in, the, uh, in the end, one of the things that we talked about in our last uh, uh, conversation online was it says um, um, – Although I suspect in the end President Obama's no negotiations position is simply isn't going to withstand scrutiny, the markets are likely to be spooked. There will be warnings of another downgrade in the nation's credit rating, and perhaps when that happens, our leaders will be spooked into doing something responsible. <laughs> so you know, it's funny, John. You know, they they talk about credit ratings on on. Uh, on sovereign nations. And the the thing that makes me laugh about that is, you know, it doesn't matter. The the U.S. had uh, had the worst credit rating out there. We would still be able to function. And people will would still buy the debt, and they would still invest in the country. You know, um, and these credit rating agencies, uh, you know, as far as I see, you know, they're, you know, they're no um, – uh, you would think they'd be experts in what they do, but obviously, you know, they've been proven time and time again not to be. You know, I don't no, care but, if you're Moody's or whatever. You know, the the point I was I was getting at was that um, although the markets rallied after uh, that uh, last minute deal, um, mm-hmm. as I as I mentioned in my blog, that uh, we're going to see the financial markets indeed be spooked. The equity rally is going to be short-lived. We're, we're not going to see the bond market. Already they're, they're talking about in the Wall Street Journal, junk bonds uh, last year were yielding 12%. Uh, this year they're yielding no more than 7%. The bond market is going to take a hit. The equity markets are going to take a hit. There's no question mm-hmm. about the fact 
that all of this lack of spending cuts that are initiated uh, that, you know, they, the Democrats think that they're going to just be able to raise taxes and not cut spending and not do any entitlement reforms is foolish at best. Yeah, yeah, markets will end up reflecting that. And and, and you know the thing is that even, you know, with, like I was reviewing uh, parts of the uh, of the deal that they made, and um, and uh, ba- basically, I think the, uh, the the cuts were minimal. But they're saying that over the course of ten years, that uh, it should be reduced to I, I forget what the numbers were. You know, but it, it the whole thing still doesn't make any sense to me. It still doesn't make any sense to me in how they they kind of um, laid this whole thing out. Um, it's like nothing really really changed, and spending still going to be coming. And you know, I don't know how they they expect us as a nation to actually come out of this problem that we've been in. You know, for how many years has it been, John, that we've been in this this uh, this issue? been a while exactly well the uh on fox news sunday ohio republican jim jordan told uh fox that the democrats have got the revenues increase they wanted before congress adjourned but won't come through on the promise of federal spending cuts when lawmakers tried to address the other fiscal problems before the deadline hits over the next eight weeks and a uh, uh, Republican uh, uh, representative, Jordan, said there's no cuts in there. It's the same old, same old. There are promises from politicians, and that's it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's interesting. You know, and uh, a couple of things. Cause I, I'm just going to be uh, – I'm just going to – I have these thoughts in my head that are just going to come out, John. Um, so excuse me, uh, listeners, because I'm just trying to go through the points of the deal that happened and who, who, who actually benefited, you know, you had the winners and the losers you know, in the whole deal. You know, uh, they, they extended the unemployment. Uh, I think it was an, an additional year on top of what's, uh, what you have, you know, um, what, what's your take on that, John? How do you, how do you feel about that one? Well, I, you know, I think that uh, unemployment um, Extension is, is going to be needed uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, that, that number one, just a mere uh, passage in January of the Obamacare cost uh, over 100,000 jobs. Um, that uh, in itself is, is holding back the economy. Um, the other issues of, of, um, of course, this fiscal cliff were uh, holding back uh, employment numbers from rising. Um mm-hmm. But, but they're, now they're saying that um, we may have to look at a new economy where in the past we were looking at, uh, at 4% unemployment as good, where now we may have to look at 7% unemployment as good. Wow. That, that's, a big, that's a big unemployment number, uh, without a doubt. You know, look, I know that the, uh, you, you're in Detroit, so the, the automobile industry, you know, they're beginning to boom again. Because you have uh, a lot of people drive all the cars, and they're looking at you know they're very if they're financially able to they'll go and they'll buy a new car, okay. And I believe, and again you can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, but I believe that some of the automobile companies are trying to come 
back into, into, into manufacturing in the United States. And I mean, things like that create jobs. And I think that as opposed to these politicians fighting on a hill about this, that, and the other thing, they should figure out a way to create jobs. Create jobs, you have revenue well, flow. You have revenue flow. You have hot. You have taxes that are being paid. Taxes are being paid. Guess what? We kind of, you kind of, you know, limp out of the problem, you know, uh, little by little, uh, without well, having. Well, the big thing, to, that in, big thing happened in, the, in Detroit, in Michigan as a whole, was that uh, Governor Schneider, in a lame duck session, uh, passed the right to work state uh, overnight uh, while Congress was sleeping. And uh, now, instead of being locked into a state uh, that's represented by the unions, we are now a right-to-work state. Hallelujah. Um, yeah, well, you know, and I, I've said this time and time again, you know, look, him, him coming through with that, I, I commend him on it. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people aren't happy, you know, so hopefully he has the security uh, strong, which is good. Um, but... The, the unions, you know, initially they had that purpose uh, in certain industries, and especially right. in the automobile industry, you know, th- there comes a point where you have to, you know, kind of back up because you, you start out with a dollar, then all of a sudden you're at $50, and then, you know, you're, you're wanting more and more from these companies, but these are the companies that are creating jobs and creating revenue flow in the United States, and if they're going to go, if they have the ability to go manufacture somewhere else, cheaper and produce the same it's, it's quality exactly, product, they're going to do it. It's, yeah. it's, it's exactly what happened here right near me. Uh, the uh, Lincoln uh, Wixom plant um, was manufacturing all the Lincolns here in, uh, in Wixom, Michigan, and uh, closed the plant down, and they went ahead and uh, built a new plant in South Korea, and uh, a friend of mine talked with the president of Ford Land Development and said mm-hmm. to, to uh, the president, why, why not sell that land and the equipment to one of your competitors and, uh, and utilize? I mean, because this land is uh, acres and acres and acres, and it's a huge factory that takes up um, at least five city blocks. And uh, the, the president of Ford Land Development said uh, to my friend, you, we could have given away the land for free and the equipment with it. And he said no other competitor would have taken it because the unions are choking Michigan. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly because the, the unions, you know, again – they had this their purpose, but in the auto industry, you know, they they sh- they shouldn't even be, because uh, I, I mean, because when you're paying someone, you know, sixty, seventy, and then you double time, you had a hundred and fifty dollars an hour to put a put a nut on on the thing, and you have to go and you mandatory you, you take these mandatory uh, breaks and so on and so forth. It gets a little much, because that's not how we 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 became a power. You know, um, granted, there were there were bad working conditions, you know, way 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 back when, and the unions did their did their thing, and they bettered everything. But now, with uh, the the way this uh, we are in the world now, how the internet has made everyone close or everything else, you know, the way things were back then would not take place today because you have too many people well, that media, are vocal. The me- the media in Detroit filmed guys. Uh, from that uh, Ford 
uh, Wixom plant across the street at the bar on a Saturday making double time on the clock. And instead of being on the line doing their job, they were at the bar having drinks, making some $70 an hour. I believe it. I believe it. You know, people... You know, I, I, people do uh, tend to take advantage when they think they can. When they when they think that they have a, a you know big brother protecting them and they can do no wrong and they have a union rep and they can't do any wrong. Well, guess what? You know they're going to go and if they're those type of people, they're going to try to bend the rules as much as they can to their favor. You know, and again, I just, I'm not saying that every you know union's like this, but you do have things like that that occur, and you you. Uh, we're talking about proof in, uh, in video in the news, you know. So things like that do happen. I believe they happen more frequent than we know, more frequently than we know. Right, right. But but this this whole issue of kicking the can down the road um, is uh, is something that is going to, um, as as they were stating in the article, put us on a path along with Greece, Italy, and Spain. And he suggested that uh, the White House uh, stop dragging out uh, these negotiations. Of course, Nancy Pelosi says that uh, the recent tax increases are not enough to solve the fiscal problem and argued that additional hikes should be included in upcoming deficit reduction deals. And and I think that, you know, this was all, I mean, we're we're delaying what's going to happen. It doesn't matter you know, how you slice it and dice it, we're delaying the inevitable, you know, whether it be by two months or two years, you know, you know, the, the, um, uh, what was it, the, the hens have to come to roost, or the roosts have to, the roosts have to come to, I don't know, maybe the hens have to come to roost, or the chickens have to come to roost, something like that, uh, but the bottom line is that things have to settle in, and reality has to come into play at some point. I, I recall in the Clinton administration when Newt Gingrich shut down Congress for a week uh, because of uh, the debt ceiling and the spending cuts. And inevitably, I think that by March 27th, if Obama doesn't pass a budget resolution, that uh, I truly believe that we'll see that again. We will see Congress shut down because that debt ceiling uh, by March and those spending cuts um, will have to uh, go into effect, and unless we can go ahead and address those issues in March or prior to March, um, you know, there's there's no other choice. I don't think that he's got the veto power to to uh, uh, to go o- override Congress. No, and he he doesn't. So what happens? We 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 why not? But a stalemate again until somebody bends and they they push things through. Or we we have this this time buying uh, situation as we had, you know. I mean, I said this time and time again. When uh, things were going over, they should just let it go. Uh, when uh, when we had the uh, the financial crisis, let companies fail, they'll build up. Uh, we would have been better off, and we would have been dealing with this situation right now a lot better. But because the deficit is so high, people are freaking out. Um, it's, this is not a secret. This has been. You know, they've known about this for the past 12 months that this was going to happen. No, they, no one came. They, they didn't come to any terms to try to fix it. 
And now people are looking at it like, oh, wow, we, we didn't go over this cliff. They made a deal. But, you know, what kind of deal uh, was made? You know, you have, to, you have to read through it to really have an understanding. You know, most of the stuff I don't understand. And, and you're right. In, 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 in back in August 2011, they were already talking about the fiscal cliff. Mm-hmm. And they knew about uh, this, uh, this deficit uh, progression. Uh, back in August of 2011, and, and kicked the can down the road, and um, you know, so yeah, you're absolutely right. We we knew about the issue of of uh, sequestration and, and the debt ceiling and the deficits uh, uh, running out of control, and um, and of course um, uh, nobody wanted to address it, and um, uh, you know, nobody wanted to do anything about it. Yeah, you know, and look, and I, I hear a lot about, and this is what Obama's been doing, and and I and I, I understand why he's trying to do it. He's trying to, you know, uh, stimulate the economy, but with these stimulus plans, the uh, the problem is, what are you stimulating? You're stimulating people spending money. It's people spending money they that they do not have. All right, you're you're not creating jobs. You know, you need to 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 boost the economy. In my opinion, you need to create jobs. You need to have, Correct. you know, corporations here, not taking business overseas. You know, you need the GMs, the Fords. You, you need uh, manufacturing back in this country. You know, uh, nowadays it's Internet, so you have the Facebook, you have, you, have, uh, you know, uh, LinkedIn, you have uh, Amazon, you have these companies here. That's great. But, you know, they, they create in Google and, and, and stuff like that. But then you have Apple that, that you know, they're, they're going to be the first trillion-dollar company they are producing their things uh, in China. Right. Okay. I mean, can a deal be made for them to produce them here? You know, uh, I mean, there are a lot of people out of work. You have a lot of people on unemployment that, you know, may need jobs. You have a lot of people on welfare that may need jobs. So, you know, this may, you know, I mean, I'm just, just you know, just thinking out loud here, but I know there are a lot of options that, um that uh, the politicians can actually sit down with these uh, with these leaders in industry and uh, create some magic and uh, boost the economy and stimulate the economy in that way as opposed to printing more money and going to the Fed and say, hey, we need more money. Going to China, we need more money. Okay, so, but you're, you're, the money's going out the door. When's it coming back? Well, and my belief is that... Uh Raising the taxes on small businesses, raising payroll taxes, raising corporate taxes, raising individual uh, ordinary income taxes is is going to stifle jobs growth. It's it's not mm-hmm. going to create job growth. Uh, it's not going to stimulate the the guy uh, to uh, go ahead and and. Um, um, Raise, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, his workforce uh, by uh, another me- member of his uh, his team uh, because he's got uh, extra discretionary income. Just the opposite. Uh, that mm-hmm. discretionary income is going to go towards higher taxes. And even they, I overheard on uh, on Fox, they're talking about Obamacare is supposed to cut the cost of health care. But they said, in fact, it's doing just the opposite. They said that because you're now initiating some 30 million more people into the healthcare system, that healthcare costs are rising six times faster than inflation. 
So now you've got all these extra people who are going to be participating in healthcare where they weren't before, and now all of a sudden uh, it's it's causing healthcare costs to rise six times faster than the rate of inflation. And that that wasn't the plan. <laughs> Correct. And that uh, this is why this whole deal doesn't the, make any it's, sense. It's the short-sightedness on behalf of this administration that is um, is looking at uh, growth, economic growth, and stimulation of the economy in a through uh, rose-colored glasses and through one mm-hmm. pair of glasses only. And they're they're not seeing the entire picture. You know, they're not seeing mm-hmm. how are you going to pay for this extra eight hundred billion dollars, and it's not going to come from raising taxes. And inevitably, they talked about how. Uh, you know, it's it's not going to affect the people over four hundred fifty thousand dollars. It's going to affect everybody's taxes. Of course, Everyone's it's going to affect everybody's taxes. Are going up. And see, they're making it seem like uh, we we came to a deal midnight hour, and all of a sudden, you know, people that make you know old, you know up to uh, four hundred grand, they're they're safe. They're not safe. You know, four. I mean, whether you make a dollar, whether you make you know you know ten billion dollars. You know, you're going to get hit in some way, and uh, and on when, top of that, yeah, I mean, when, then you have this 3.8 percent health care tax stuff. You know, it's like ridiculous. When, when in fact they said between forty and sixty thousand dollars a year income, you're going to look at another twenty two hundred to twenty five hundred dollars a year in additional taxes. And 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 see, you know, taxing the individuals, you know. I mean, I I get that you have to get the money from somewhere, you know, but for God's sakes, you know, at least, at least pull back and allow, you know, small business, allow industry, allow manufacturing, allow these companies, you know, kind of make, give them enough breathing room so they can grow. You you take that away from them, then we're all going to suffer because I'm sure no one has a problem paying what they need to pay, paying their fair share. But if you're, if you're trying to stimulate growth in the country and, and giving these small businesses, giving these uh, these larger companies, giving them you know the breaks that they need for them to continue to grow here in the in this country, not overseas. Make a deal; they have to do it here. Create jobs here. You do that, you're going to get this type of deal. You're going to get this type of break. And uh, you know, I mean, they used to do that in the past. I don't see that happening now. Well, well, what what concerns me is that. By um, bombarding the small business owner from every aspect, uh, from increased payroll taxes, increased health care taxes, increased corporate taxes, increased ordinary income taxes, there's there's no room for that growth. There's no room for, for those uh, extra jobs and that job growth uh, to take place. Uh, I think mm-hmm. you're right. If if you want to, you know, make people pay for their fair share. Um, okay, uh, let, let's go ahead, and, and we have to raise um, some ordinary income taxes um, on the wealthy. Um, but to go ahead and, and raise corporate taxes again when they're already at the 35% rate, um, and then to go ahead and, uh, in addition to that, cost them additional money for health care costs, they said that most small businesses now will just opt out of providing health care altogether for their employees 
which mm-hmm. means then that we're back to the same starting point where we were before Obamacare took place. And and that's and, and again, it's like uh, it was, uh, <laughs> we're going we're going around the round and we're never stopping. And there's, there's never uh, nobody's jumping off this uh, this merry-go-round. Um, I don't see them even making the attempt. You know, all the meetings and all the talk on on the television, radio, this, that. You know, we're trying, we're doing this, we're doing that. And what happened? All these months of, of people worried about the cliff, the fiscal cliff. You have colleges taking that uh, that that term. <laughs> it's a banned term to use. They can't use that term anymore because it's so kind of running to the ground. But we're, we're now with all this stuff hap- happening, they make a deal. They make a deal, and does it change anything? No. Markets go up. You know, does it have anything to do with the deal? I don't know. Um, you know, people want to think that's the case. There are a lot of people that think differently. So, um, again, you know, I think uh, that our politicians have to smarten up, and they have to, you know, they're smart people. You got elected. You're smart people. You, you can't figure out how to create business, how to create jobs in this country, how to build companies. And you have a lot of people that are that are in uh, politics, the Senate or Congress, that are businessmen that have built companies. You know, geez, uh, take a page out of Jamie Dimon's book, and maybe you know we'll learn something. You know, he, he's a great yeah, businessman. Now they wanted to float the idea of a trillion-dollar coin as an answer to the debt ceiling standoff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. They'll give that to Apple. It's just amazing to me that you're right, that these uh, intelligent people um, – can't come to an agreement because of uh, uh, partisanship, and mm-hmm. you know, and yet uh, President Obama's talked about a bipartisan solution, and he has uh, made it quite evident that he has no interest in bipartisan solution. Yeah. And and the sequester that you're talking about—that's only postponed for two months, right? So come come March, you know, we're going to be dealing with yet another issue. You know, um, wow, uh, a lot a lot of lot of uh, stuff happening, and also the payroll uh, tax cut that's been in effect, uh, you know, for I don't know how long, but that ends that two percent uh, payroll tax cut. That's going to end, or end that that ends now. So um, did, did you, yeah, did you hear on the? Uh on the news, uh, Harry Reid, uh, the, the Senate, Senate Democrat, uh, uh, called uh, John Boehner a dictator. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and John Boehner made a phone call uh, that morning, uh, the next morning, to uh, Harry Reid. And, uh, and, and, I'm, and I'm so glad that, that somebody actually, like John Boehner, uh, took the initiative to be frank with Harry Reid and told him to go f himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you know it's funny. See, someone like like Boehner, I like him because he'll he'll say what's on his mind and he'll deal. I mean, he, I, 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 in my opinion, he's been he's been as straight up as a person could be in politics. Right. You, you throughout right. this whole situation, 
you know, the Senate bouncing around, who, what, where, why, and no one knows. And meanwhile, you know, you you had that you, you had a you had a bill that kind of could have fixed everything or even made things better that Obama was looking at, but you know, uh, they didn't they didn't push through. Uh, this was a couple of years ago, so um, I don't know. I mean. I, I think that people have to look beyond the politics, beyond beyond the, the, the bullcrap, um, and try to figure this out. Because if we don't figure this out, all this stuff is delaying the inevitable. You know, True. I mean, you, you, we, we had we, we almost had the Dairy Cliff. My milk was going to go to eight bucks. <laughs> <laughs> those, those poor cows. <laughs> yeah, and, and they said if if. Uh, you don't get the uh, farm bill passed that uh, uh, milk at the grocery store will be $7 a gallon. Yeah, see, see, farming, that's important stuff. Okay, we should cultivate that, you know, no pun intended, but cultivate it and and, and embrace it and, 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 and help build that because that that's a big money uh, maker, okay, for well, this country. We grow things, we and, sell them, we make And getting back to your point about Detroit, you know, Romney said, uh, and what they took out of contents was, he said, let General Motors go through an organized uh, bankruptcy proceeding. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, instead we got the bailout. But in the end, the taxpayers lost out on $6 billion on that deal, on that bailout, yep. because General Motors, uh, the stock um, was a, a bad deal for the uh, shareholders. Yeah. And in that whole deal with, with the automotive industry, I got to say that the one company that when it happened, I, I, I had respect for Ford. All right, because when uh, the CEO of the company, Ford, uh, Ford Jr. or the third or the fifth, or whatever he is, uh, he actually stepped down voluntarily and he put somebody in place that was a reorganization specialist to help the company. He didn't, they didn't want any money. They didn't need it. They did their thing. All right? And I think that uh, if the government stops, you know, you don't need to bail people out. You know, if you make a mistake, you're going to get spanked. Okay, you made the mistake. You're not going to make it again. Um, but uh, with all, all this saving and everything, of saving of, of companies that um, created all this madness, I think it just put us in such a position that people think that, there, there's no accountability. There's no accountability for their actions. That you do something like that, you're going to get bailed out by the uh, by the government. And, right. And, and, I think and I think that that that's where the the comments uh, made were were taken out of contents, and and uh, you know I think that there was some validity to uh, to his comments, and and an organized uh, bankruptcy uh, probably would have been the best thing in the end for the company and for the economy, and we wouldn't have uh, been in a position where the U.S. government lost out on, and the taxpayers lost out on $6 billion. Well, I mean, if you look at Donald Trump, okay, I mean, this is a guy, he's brought his company to bankruptcy so many times, you know, but that's how you you go and you you get yourself protected so you can reorganize and come out stronger. And and if anyone, he's, he's proof positive that it worked. That you can do it, you know. Debtors and everything, they you know they sometimes you know they they'll get they'll get spanked on it. But you're actually you know you're, you're having a company come out stronger than they were 
going into an organized bankruptcy. You know, and, and if they would have let General Motors go through that, I, I think that that company would be a lot better off. And one of the this, you know, order to balance the budget, the, the president fulfilled his campaign promise to raise taxes, but he also promised a balanced approach. So we at least need that. So that, I agree with that. They said that uh, let's not waste any more time uh, on this uh, waste spending, um, you know, and uh, and let along with the tax so that we can at least uh, in 10 years pay down some of this deficit. Obviously, we're not going to afford that. Right. Well, let me ask you this: What's your opinion on the uh, the so-called, you know, quote-unquote uh, doc fix? You know, the uh, the thing with um, you know that has to do with the uh, the, the healthcare uh, field, doctors and Medicare reimbursements, and so on and so forth. I and now, but uh, uh, right. adjusting the late call. I, I, I think we're losing you, John. I think I think we're losing you a little bit. Are you there? Uh, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I okay. think we just well, the, the connection went bad for a minute. Because <laughs> of uh, the number one, uh, the average age of the individuals uh, is is get, is increasing. Uh, it mm-hmm. used to be 68, and now it's 82. Um, right. You know, so we need to we need to make the adjustments accordingly in these entitlement programs, and I think that's what Boehner was trying to uh, get across to um, uh, to the, the President Obama that that uh, these entitlement programs have to be reformed. Yeah, well, they have to definitely reform the entitlement programs. You know, and it, this is something that you and I probably differ on. You know, I have no problem with uh with the uh Medicare and so on and so forth for the elderly. You know, they they've been around, they put their time in. Uh so um yeah, they should uh, be entitled to, to to what they put into the government. Um but you have a lot of other entitlements like welfare and so on and so forth. You know, people take advantage of the system and I and I'm saying it because it's a reality. You have people that do not need uh, these uh, entitlements that are actually, you know, using the system uh, to their advantage, and I, I think it's uh, it's just it's just bad for the economy. But that's something that we're never going to be able to um, to uncover, you know. But the one thing that the government can do is actually, you know, come up with something that makes sense, because all this spending has to subside. We can't keep spending without creating jobs. And it goes back to what I said earlier, creating jobs. Right. 
and as far as those type of entitlement programs go, there needs to be some some more policing of these uh, of these distributions that are going out to welfare, that are going out to food stamps. People on the streets are are getting these food stamp cards and they're selling them on the streets for half of what they are worth. Um, mm-hmm. People in in uh, welfare are are having more kids just to increase their their uh, checks every month. Mm-hmm. Um, when they can indeed go out there and become a productive part of society, but instead have chosen the route of, of staying at home and collecting a welfare check. I agree with you on that because, look, if you have uh, two legs, you can walk. You have two arms and you can lift things. You can get to work. I don't. There's no excuse for it. You know, and again, you know, some people, I think in this society, especially in this country, uh, we give the the air the opportunity for people to be lazy, and that's that's right. what it is. That's the reality. You know, people. You know, if you give people a free ride, they'll go and take advantage of it, and they'll they'll be lazy. You know. Um, right. But and, I do. I do. And, I do think. You know. Well, let me just add this. There, there needs to uh, be some I, type of audit system. To, yeah. To yeah, audit, I, I, I agree. Uh, this this closer so that uh, it. Uh, People taking advantage of the system uh, can be minimized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and look, one thing I do agree with, and I have to, I have to add this, that you know you have people out there that actually need it, and these are the people that should get it. You have people that don't need it that are getting it, okay. And meanwhile, these they're buying new cars and this and that, and they're 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 living the life. Um, but you know they're not working and not uh, not doing anything productive, uh, you know, in society. And I think that's uh, that's where you have the problem because you do have people that actually need it, people that are disabled, people that you know uh, maybe a single mother that has two three kids and they have to take care of them. I get it. You ha- you need that because you need the help. You need to help the people. But you have people that are you know in their in their in their early twenties. They're getting welfare. Really? Are, are you freaking kidding me? See, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not uh, going to banner rap. Are you? Are you kidding me? That that's okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I commend. I commend someone uh, who has to re- refrain so much uh, in Congress uh, every day uh, when he's negotiating. Uh, mm-hmm. Day in and day out, and 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 when it started with Tim Geithner proposing uh, their side of the uh, fiscal cliff uh, solution, and uh, and Boehner, uh, uh, his, his reply was, "You can't be serious." Um, mm-hmm. To to the point where, you know, you get a another senator saying that it's all the Republicans' fault. And uh, that he's a dictator, and he's ruining the country's chances for uh, getting back on track. And you know, and there's this constant blame. Uh, instead of taking fiscal responsibility, they're they're using the the blame game from the previous administration. Uh, they're using the blame game, or Obama is using the blame game for Congress instead of taking responsibility for the the deficits that, that he racked up. It wasn't Congress. Congress had to mm-hmm. approve it, but it was his initiative. It wasn't Congress proposing those spending 
uh, $4 trillion on bridges and roads to try to, to stimulate the economy. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, it, to me, it just uh, it, it, it makes me laugh sometimes because you see the the BS that happens, and you can just you just sit there and sit on the sidelines and just watch how people start pointing fingers. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. Uh, but we're all we're all in the problem together. So instead of pointing fingers, just fix it. But fixing it is too easy. It can't be easy because if it's that easy, that means anyone can do it. So it has to be made to look difficult. Uh, and you have all these underlying uh, uh, clauses and 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 uh, deals within within deals that happen. And, and I mentioned the the Sandy Relief uh, situation with the flood insurance. Um, that you know, I, I I got very annoyed with that because you have people, and I see it. You have people that are homeless. You have people still with no electricity in their home. Okay, you have people, and I saw something on the news. You had you, there was one uh, old elderly couple, okay, on Staten Island. They their home got destroyed, and and I think it was Allstate. Uh, they had some commercial whatever. They they were just going to give them ten grand for their home. Ten thousand dollars. Your home is flattened to the ground. On on a six hundred thousand dollar house, they're going to give you ten grand because of this flood thing. And they were and they only passed that nine point seven billion dollar deal because there were so many underlying things in the middle. There was a deal within a deal, and I mentioned that that one hundred fifty million, one hundred fifty billion was a million, yeah, one hundred fifty million dollar thing for ground fishermen, which still I don't I don't understand that. Okay, you know, is that a necessity or trying to build up a community that was devastated by uh, by a massive hurricane? Is that is that less important than somebody fishing for fish that, that apparently are on the ground? I don't know. Ground fishermen. <laughs> no one wants their budget cut. No one wants to take mm-hmm. responsibility for their constituents. It's It's make the other guy pay. It's not me, though. But my, you know, make the other guy pay, and even the uh, uh, fix the debt co-founder uh, Bowles said on Sundays, uh, meet the press, um, that he called for a more balanced solution, including spending cuts in the next round of negotiations. And he said, "quote We have to slow the growth of entitlement spending," and he was, of course, Clinton's chief of staff. And he said a big part of going forward has to be entitlement reform. And and still, you know, you can say that a million and one times. Still, people will ignore it. They'll ignore it. And uh, you know, you have the Senate that'll that that doesn't want to hear that. Okay, Congress is is all in to kind of, to cut these uh, these entitlement uh, spending uh, situations, but. Is that ever going to happen? Uh, you know, unless I mean, if, if we were creating jobs and there was money flowing, no one would say boo to these entitlements. But because they're right. putting more, they're spending more on the entitlements than putting towards creating jobs, it creates. I mean, there's a big disparity. If you're spending, right. you know, ten times more than you're creating, how does that work out? If that was in someone's home, they would be without a home. They would be homeless. You know, well, it, it's like I said in the last show that it'd be like uh, giving my 18-year-old daughter a credit card and mm-hmm. giving her a, a credit limit, and she runs up 
the card on the credit limit and says, uh, Dad, I need another credit card because that card is at its limit. And I give her another credit card to keep spending. And, and that's something mm-hmm. that what I see is in March, this, this debt ceiling, the sequestration, um, spending cuts, and the budget resolution that are all going to take place by the end of March, uh, I forecast that we will see uh, Congress shut down. And I, I don't think that – I think that Boehner has already drawn a line in the sand, and Mitch McConnell also has said, you know, we're, we're, not, we're not bargaining on this one. We're, we're on the debt ceiling, we're, we're not going to go ahead and, and uh, give one bit on this debt ceiling. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you're right. I wouldn't be shocked if you're right, John. So, so we're gonna we're gonna see uh, this spending come to a, a drastic halt. Um, that, of course, um, one side did not want, the other side did want. Uh, but from that point, we're we're going to see uh, them sort out, or they'll be forced to sort out which programs. They are going to cut back on, and and uh, it's going to take a sh- a shutdown of Congress to do it. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be shocked that that happens. You know, and you mentioned Geithner. You know, Geithner at this point, you know, I mean, when he was uh, when he was in charge of the uh, the New York Fed, you know, he's a different man now, and he's on his way out. You know, right. and in my opinion, you know, you know Jamie Dimon's probably the best choice uh, to put in there because. You know, he, I mean, he's a businessman, and he understands how, he, he's not a politician, per se. You know, he's a businessman, so he can probably bring some some positive things in there. And he's not a Goldman guy, so that's a positive. <laughs> right. He's Obama's already got a, a choice for a secretary treasurer, and, uh, and he doesn't have much experience uh, with... Um, uh, you know, with uh, budgets. Oh, that's nice. That's nice, and that that'll just uh, well, maybe he may do a better job. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no experience, all right. Let's I, just I, get this know, done. <laughs> and, and that's why I, I said in my blog that um, be prepared that REO Capital predicts a financial crisis in 2013. Well, then, then we have it right there that REO Capital is predicting this financial crisis, and that. And this uh, comes to a head, so our listeners you know, know this, on March 27th. And that's uh, when things are going to get interesting. And also, um, you have uh, at the end of February, you have something going on uh, with the Treasury, okay, which also is going to you know, kind of you know, whack, throw things out of whack again. A lot of things are going to come yeah, to a head. You have the debt ceiling in February, and then you have mm-hmm. in March, beginning of March, you have sequestration, and then the end of March, you have the budget resolution. You have three things. You know, they, they always say thing, bad things happen in three, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, but, but hopefully you know, there's some resolution, you know. And, again, I, you, know, you, know, uh, you know, spending cuts, tax, uh, tax um Increases, so on and so forth. It's great that they're juggling with all this stuff, but again, in my opinion, it's basic. It's basic. Create jobs. Period. The end. It's not. It's not that crazy to do. You know, you have kids going to college that are coming out to no work. I talked to kids right. that graduated college two years ago. Guess what? 
they can't find a job in, in what they went to school for. Okay, so they, they have to go and they have to go wait tables. They have to do what they need to do to just pay the debt, to pay the debt that they incurred going to college trying to better themselves. You know, so that, that also leads us to, to, to question, you know, uh, are we going to create a society where kids don't go to college because they can't afford it? Perhaps okay. in, in, the, in the lasting thought, uh, what we should do is get a committee of uh, major economists from uh, every part of the United States together in a super mm-hmm. committee and have these economists put together all of the various uh, Keynesian theories and all the rest of their economic theories and come up with a solution uh, to the president instead of getting um, the uh, president of uh, General Electric uh, on his uh, super committee. Uh, perhaps mm-hmm. they should have a super committee of economists put together their uh, thoughts and uh, solutions to the president and come up with a uh, a real stimulus package. They need to. They need to do something before this can because this is just going to continue to happen time and time again, and it's just getting a little ridiculous because we're never going to recover. You know, I, I would even say, you know, uh, if if the uh, powers that be in the federal government, why, why don't you go look at what Governor Rick Scott is doing in Florida? Why don't you go look in even in your back in your backyard, John? What's happening over there uh, with, with with your governor and what what they what they did with the unions? You know, you have to smarten up and you have to do what's best. You know, so if you know, like in Florida, they're looking to create jobs. They're looking to bring industry there. You know, Rick Scott is is focused on technology. He's trying to bring. He's trying to make that into the next Silicon Valley, and I commend him for that. And I think he's going to get it done. Um, you know, you need to create opportunity for business. Right. And well, that's what in, they're doing. In they're the doing meantime, it in Michigan. They're doing it in Florida. And they could do it elsewhere. In the meantime, my firm is looking globally. We're in discussions with a firm, uh, a private equity firm out of India that invests in lower and middle market companies in India to uh, create a growth fund um, to stimulate um, returns uh, with companies coming out of India. And if you look at Tata Motors, for example, uh, here's a, a conglomerate that um, is uh, producing some phenomenal growth. Um, uh, we're also looking in, in the United States at, uh, at New York uh, with some companies that are um, uh, putting together uh, investments in aerospace and consumer services, and they're looking at uh, uh, at growth in the uh, in the 20 to 30 percentiles. So, so there uh, there is, as I mentioned in the last show, there is going to be a fallout. There is going to be many CEOs taking that golden parachute, and as a result of of this uh, this frustration and this and and people just uh, exiting. Uh, the marketplace, uh, the investors will find a silver lining in the, in the cloud, in the great cloud, and there will be advantages for people who are looking, and uh, and I hope to be able to to bring some of those to um, um, to um, some of your listeners who are uh, qualified and accredited. Yeah, well, accredited investors should definitely check out REO Capital LLC dot com find out more, you know, about what you have uh, going on there, John, because a lot of the things that you say, uh, you're on the money. 
um, with uh, with your outlook. And I do look in any situation. You have a winner and a loser, and it happens. I don't care if it's baseball, if it's in life. Somebody wins, somebody loses. And uh, right. for for the for the devastation, financial devastation that is on the horizon, there there are, there are people or and private equity firms, hedge funds, whatever the case may be. They're sitting on the sidelines. They're waiting. They're waiting for the fallout. And this is this has happened time and time again. You know, this is where you get the boom. That's why if they would have let right. things fall down, we would have had this boom already. We would be right. in better shape right now today. Okay. And, and the bottom have, line is that that these firms will have to make up those yields from the lack of the equity markets growth and the lack of the bond market yields. They'll have to make up that that difference somewhere. And I truly believe. It'll be in private equity and alternative investments. Oh, I, I believe that, you know, because again, you know, they, you get private equity, they're an alternative investment. They're, they're looking for, they're, they're waiting. They're, they're, they're waiting. They're going to wait for the fallout, and the fallout's going to be coming. And there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, opportunities that are going to open up, uh, whether it be uh, an industry, whether it be. You know, uh, real estate, uh, whether it be in different areas, there'll be a lot of opportunity uh, for those that have that have the uh, the funds to do it. And you know, in, in your in your case, John, you know, accredited investors um, that you know have an interest in getting involved with with uh, with these projects of yours, they can just go and check you out because you know you have your your fingers on the pulse of what's happening in private equity. So. Um, and again, you know, you're you're approachable, so they sh- they should actually uh, find right. out more about uh, what you're doing because you're not you're not just uh, a single uh, direction fund. You actually you you're involved in a lot of different different deals, and you work with a lot of different private equity funds. So that makes you different than a an actual you know um, uh, single cell private equity fund. You deal with right. many of them, so it allows right. you to do a little more. Allows you to do a little right. more. All right, great. All right, John, do uh, do you want to close out with anything uh, for yeah, our listeners? I'll, I'll leave you with this. Uh, it says, uh, as congressional leaders pat themselves on the back and the president va- uh, returns from vacation in Hawaii, it's clear our fiscal tragedy isn't slowing down. And, in fact, it's accelerating thanks to uh, some of the irresponsible decisions that have been made. And let's all hope that as things do settle back into a normal routine back in Washington that uh, uh, some of this uh, uh, partisanship will will indeed also fall by the wayside and we'll see um, that fiscal tragedy uh, be averted and we come to uh, some, uh, uh, some type of uh, agreement to um, support the uh, the debt ceiling issue and, and all the other issues that were going to take place in in March. Yeah, we, we can all, we can we can hope. Let's see what happens. See if miracles do happen. <laughs> Let's see. To, to be continued, right. Lou. To be to be continued. And for our listeners, you know, join us next uh, Monday, uh, same uh, bad time, same bad channel, and uh, you know, get some more. We're going to have some more input from John. Because uh, he has, you know, every week, you know, he writes his blog. And uh, what, what, where's your blog? Is that on REO Capital LLC as well? Correct. Correct. It's okay, on REO Capital LLC.com. Okay, REO Capital LLC.com. Check out John's blog. He has a lot of stuff to say, and uh, you'll you'll definitely benefit from uh, 
from uh, his writings. And he'll be back next week as, as, as well as I will be back next week, and hopefully you'll be back here next week on Money Never Sleeps. So until then, you know, Keep your keep your your hands tied on your wallet, guys, because we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> All, right. All right, John. <laughs> Thank you so much, John. And I'll talk to you next week. Have a good night. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What we got here is a failure to communicate. Oh, have I got your attention now? Relax, everybody. It's good. You know what I mean? Money to be made in a place like this. Money never sleeps, pal. You're crazy. Don't run when you lose. Don't whine when it hurts. You know what it takes to sell real estate? It takes brass, 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 brass. I'm falling, and I can't see.